How do you manage your personal brand when your personal life is imploding? Hi, I've got a live one for you today, friends. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can learn more about me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today's listener question, so many of us find ourselves there. When you finally become a solopreneur, and your personal life blows up in your face. It's not the same as when you're in corporate and you're in your nine to five. It is a little bit harder to separate, especially for business owners who have built their businesses on their own name, their personal brand, their own faces, and the way they show up in the world on social media and in other content that they offer their audience. So when you are your brand and it's your name on the you know URL right there, how do you manage your personal brand when your personal life has become one hot mess. That's where today's listener finds herself. So let's dive into her letter and I'll find you all on the other side. Heather, my life is upside down right now. My husband and I have both suffered losses of close family members. Our neighbor and dear friend was recently the victim of a hit and run. He has a severe brain injury now and may never be himself again. Our eight-year-old boy has had a lot of problems this year, both socially and medically. And I'm so sad and I'm so stressed. I have a personal brand business. I am the business. The business is me and right now I am a hot mess. I am frayed at the edges and incapable of focusing on business growth. I've delegated, I've delegated as many of my business pieces of my business as I can, but some things need to be me in order for the business to not die on the vine. I have no idea how to show up confidently, how to act like everything is fine, or how not to let my personal problems into my business. I am a professional. I want to be taken seriously, but I am so largely incapable right now. A friend of mine knows you and told me about your story and how you've been there to. He thought you might be able to help me and offer me some direction. I hope so because I'm in the weeds. Okay. First of all, I'm so glad that, you know, you were referred to me and somebody sent you my way. And, um, you know, please do thank your friend for me because yes, I have been there. I've been there at a couple of times in my life. I've been there in my corporate life and in my, um, solopreneur journey as a brick and mortar business owner and as an online business owner that at different points in my life, my personal life has exploded. It probably first happened in 2005. Um, I was promoted to my dream job of program director for a residential um, treatment program. And then my boyfriend of two years on that Friday um, was hit by a bus on his way to work and he suffered a spinal cord injury. Um, That man is now my husband and um, this year we'll have been married for 10 years. So that story turns out out pretty good in the end. Um, but then uh, in 2000, and 15, he got uh, quite ill um, with an infection and we couldn't figure it out for a while. So it took him about eight months to recover and he was in the hospital um, six times and had five different surgeries in that time. And all of that was happening while I was running my brick and mortar private therapy practice, but also trying to set up my online business. So I know a little bit about life getting stressful um, when you're trying to run your business. But one of the things I want 
other listeners to know is that like this is really important stuff even if your life isn't imploding on dramatic fashion like I just outlined. I think a lot of times people um, have this way and tendency to kind of minimize the stresses that they're managing to not give themselves a lot of time or attention to manage things until they bubble up to the surface and become really big things. So whether or not you're managing something that is, you know, a little bit bigger than you right now, or you're managing this collection of little tiny things that have piled on to become a big mess. I think it's a really common situation for business owners to find themselves in a place of self-doubt and inability to show up confidently when things have just gotten so hard. One of the things that I learned in this journey for myself is the idea that there is a middle ground between telling people every single dirty bit of your business and telling them nothing. What I would start to think about is what does your audience, your people, your client list need to know in order to stay connected to you. They may not need to know the whole litany of the losses you've experienced, the struggles your son is having, the worry you have about your neighbor, and all of that. They may simply need to know that you're battling a lot of loss all at the same time so the the pace is a little bit slow. So you've slowed yourself down or you've taken some time for yourself. You may need to explain to people that you haven't shown up on live video or you haven't done live content because you're on the sleep deprived side of life and you haven't had, you know, the ability to catch up recently and you want to show up as your best. Like I think that one of the mistakes we make is that we just we say like, "Oh, like I don't want to burden them or this isn't actually part of the story or they don't need to know this. So we tell ourselves a story that they don't need to know anything. And I learned this the hard way in my brick and mortar therapy practice where when Damon, you know, got sick, he, um, he was in the hospital and he had all these medical appointments. So there were all these days in a row when I was running my own brick and mortar where I was canceling on my clients and needing to reschedule or they were wanting to schedule me for the following week. And I had to sort of come up with these vague reasons for why my availability might be spotty and that I might have to cancel. And I was creating all of this extra work to cover up the fact that my husband was sick. And the reason why I had done that is I kind of had gotten in my own way. At the time, most of my clients didn't know that my husband had a spinal cord injury. And so for some reason, simply saying my husband is sick, which could happen to anybody's husband, not just somebody's husband who has a spinal cord injury. Like I just got in my own way and I overcomplicated it and I thought it was going to lead to too many questions and too many disclosures. So I didn't tell my clients anything until I had a client who said, oh, Heather, it's so good to see you. And I was like, oh, it's good to see you too. And she's like, I've been really scared. And I said, scared. And she's like, I thought you had cancer. Like, I thought like you've been canceling on me because you're really sick. And I didn't know whether or not I was able to ask if you were okay. And it was this moment of realizing that if we don't fill in the blanks for our clients and our consumers and our audience, they're going to fill the blanks themselves. And sometimes they go to way more dramatic routes. And I was able to then tell my client like, no, I'm fine. It's actually my husband who's sick and he's being, you know, well taken care of at the hospital. 
And I was able to kind of reassure her. And then after that moment, it just made me realize I needed to reassure the rest of my clients because I didn't know what stories they had created about them, about me or about the situation. So I just, you know, made a blanket statement and said, hey, I just need you to know that I know I've canceled a lot. I know that's atypical of me. You're used to me being more readily available. My husband's been currently sick and it's been a struggle to get him well. The doctors are working hard to figure it out. But while they do, my, you know, my availability is a little bit spotty. And I, you know, was just able to deliver that very matter of factly. And it didn't cause drama. And it didn't cause any like, you know, unneed like neon signs and fireworks. It was just matter of fact, and people took it matter of factly. So one of the things I would think about for yourself is how do you just be matter of fact about what's going on? And what is the bare minimum that people need to know? Or what is the bare minimum that you're willing to share and I would just share that. And then the next thing I would start to think about is recognizing that when you are under assault, when it's like a deluge of just really hard things all at once, you are not going to have the same energy and be capable of the same things in the same way that when life is less stressful and things are more normal. So one of the things I think often happens is people say to me like, oh my God, I don't have the energy to go on Facebook Live or oh my gosh, like I can't even like put two thoughts together to get an email out to my list. I haven't been able to concentrate in weeks or we create some sort of messaging or some kind of story about what we're not able to do instead of like looking at like, well, what are you willing to do and what is possible and what do you have energy for? So one of the things that I had done when my husband was sick is I looked really critically at my, you know, schedule and I realized that even though I normally saw like 25 people a week that like in such a stressful time, I needed to cut down that number to 14 or 13. So I just scheduled fewer hours because I knew it was going to be more draining for me to put on the face and to listen to people when I myself was so personally stressed. So I think that like we have to move away from the all or nothing and we have to look at like, okay, I'm not capable of that. And as soon as we can just accept that without attaching a story to it, I think we're able then to find out what we're actually like capable of and what we're willing to do instead. So what I would like you to do is to look at the revenue generating tasks of your business because anything else is fluff and extra and you don't need to worry about it. But we need to focus on keeping the lights on and generating the revenue for your business. So given the revenue generating activities, what are you willing to do? What are you capable of? What needs to wait right now but can get your time and attention at a later time or date? But what do you have the energy for? Or what would you need to set yourself up for more success to be more capable of it in the future. So one of the things that I realized for myself when my husband was sick is because it was going on so long, I kept trying to go back to normal, right? So I was trying to get groceries done. I was trying to get food in the house. I was trying to like keep things as consistent as possible when in reality it was such nonsense because half the time I was never home to cook. I was throwing out vegetables that had rotted before I had time to cook them and he was so 
so sick. He never felt like eating. I didn't want to cook for myself. So I ended up eating cereal or grilled cheese for dinner. So I just like put the kibosh on all that and was like, you know what? We're just going to like, I'm either going to ask some friends to have some casseroles that I can heat up available, or I'm just going to rely on eating out or grabbing groceries on the go. But I'm going to take this off my list, even though this is the way I've always done it. So I'd like you to look specifically at the way you do things and see where can you give yourself permission to be flexible? Where can you give yourself to have some wiggle room and how do things need to shift and move in order for you to have more room for this? The other thing I'd like you to really think about here is how willing are you to ask for help? Because one of the things that you've heard me talk about on the show is the difference in my ability to ask for help in the time and period when my husband was injured to when he got sick greatly increased when he was injured it felt like you know like I was I wasn't you know I was quote unquote I remember my think thought process was is I was only dating him we weren't like you know like we weren't married or anything so I was choosing to stay and I was choosing to help and so the idea that friends and family should have to rally around that and help me like I remember thinking like that's not their business like I made this choice for myself. I didn't make it for everybody else. And so I became quite the martyr and I didn't ask anybody for help. I didn't really tell anybody like how hard the struggle was. And I really learned from that. I learned how like sort of like left out my friends felt. I remember like how people felt like they hadn't been included. And that meant that I didn't trust them so that when my husband got sick in 2015, I really like I rallied the troops and I said it would be really helpful if somebody would. It would be great if somebody could. I really need somebody too. And I asked for help and I like, I rallied the troops and I would encourage you to rally your troops. I would encourage you to make sure that the people in your circle know that all of you have been under this pile of stress and that it has been a really a hard period of time for you so that like they can lift you, that they can offer some help and support and maybe help you in some way because it really does take a village. And I think that we lose that mentality sometimes in the solopreneur journey is that it's our name, our brand, our business. So we immediately jump to the conclusion that it's on us to solve the problem. But part of solving the problem is it is us. It is on us to solve the problem, but we are responsible for gathering more resources when the resources resources that we have are limited and like, you know, we're starting to run out of gas. That part of being the boss is finding somebody who can fill in during the tough times. So, you know, that I believe is still our responsibility, that it's not on us to solve and do the work. It's on us to gather the resources and to get more resources when our resources are becoming tapped out. So I wouldn't, you know, I would encourage you to do that. And then lastly, like I would start to think about the fact that when you are in a period of chronic stress, what would be helpful for you? What are easy ways that you can be more capable for yourself? So one of the things I did when my husband was sick is I went and I got Starbucks every single damn day. Like I never made myself a cup of coffee unless I wanted to take time and be indulgent and brew a, a pot of French press. That like, it was just like, you know what? Every single day, I'm gonna start my day with somebody else making my coffee. So yes, is it a waste of money? Yes, is it something that people would judge me for? Yes, 
I don't care. Like, this is something that's going to feel really good for me. The other thing that I did is when he needed a lot of my help and he needed a lot of my time, I set my alarm to get up 45 minutes to an hour earlier than I needed to so that I could have the house quiet to myself for alone time or to catch up on a TV show that I cared about or to do something that would nurture me and take care of me. And I sought out pleasure opportunities. I sought out things that would bring me joy, lift me up. And I would encourage you to do the same for yourselves because I think a lot of times when like the first loss happens or the first hard time happens, we tell ourselves that we'll take care of ourselves when the dust settles. But then your kids started having a hard time and then your neighbor got hurt and all of these little things. And we start getting in this awful habit of saying we'll just take care of ourselves later before we really wake up to the fact that later may never come. Because I know I did that. Like my husband got sick in like March of 2015. Uh, Like by April, I was just still assuming he was going to get better and we were going to figure it out and the doctors were going to get the right medicine. He didn't come home for good and be done with his illness until right before Thanksgiving of that year. It was a really long period of time when he was unwell. And it took me a while (laughs) to kind to catch on to that fact because it's not normal or typical that people get sick in the middle of March and still feel like crap in May. So it was that idea that like at some point in time when the stresses pile up, we have to stop waiting to feel better later and start thinking about what do we need to do to feel better now. And I would encourage you to do that for yourself, to stay connected to your tribe, to allow people to support you, to challenge yourself, to accept help, to connect with your audience and your business um, colleagues and giving them that bare information and all of those things if you're willing to do them consistently and together we'll start to lower the weight and the burden. I'm so sorry that life has just continued to sucker punch you in recent months Um, and I I really do hope you take these things to heart and take care of yourself and I hope that the listening audience listening in today um, you know takes stock for themselves and does the same thing for themselves. It's the best way to um, prevent burnout or to limit to reduce and um, limit the effects of burnout if we catch it too late. So thank you so much for taking the time to to send in your question. I really appreciate it. Anybody else who has a question and wants my two cents on their life or business, you can always find me over at heather at choosetohaveitall.com. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.